We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. We are back. Vacation time is over. Let's go. Plenty of NBA basketball to talk about. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, nice to be back in action. Yeah, we're both back. A little, little bit of downtime. We're both as a pasty white pale as ever and ready to go and uh, you know all that, despite some some time in the sun, right? I'm slightly okay. tanner. It's slightly not, a, tanner, not a lot, maybe. but slightly tanner. It rained the last few days on my on my trip, so I didn't get quite as much sun as I thought I was going to, but I can't say there is a minor difference. <laughs> yeah, you have much, a bit but, of a glow. You know yeah, what it is? Hard. It's these bright studio lights under which we're, we're recording. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's washing that's us out. But no, but we're ready to go. We're uh, we're back, guys. We I can't tell you how much it meant to me to log in to the couple of pre, pre-recorded shows we did and released and see people like, hey, when's the show about blah, blah, blah? And then explain to a couple of the folks in the comments, like, hey, we took some time off. Um, we're we're going to be back. These were pre-recorded episodes. And the number of people who were like, man, you guys have been grinding. Enjoy the time off and all that stuff. So we appreciate your support, but we're back, man. Well, we're back. We're geared up and we are ready to go all the way now, right straight into the season. That's right. I, You know what? I came back just fired up. I got into town super late last night, but even you know, into the day on Sunday, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to talk more NBA. That, that week was perfect. I was just starting to get worn down. I was starting to be like, okay, like this is, this is getting to be a bit much and everything, just getting tired, you know, and now sure. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's talk some NBA basketball. And I think there's something that we need to do. I don't, we'll get into this. I don't know if this is going to be the last time, but Let's let's fire the cannon. Let's do it. Fire. Fire! The Kevin Cannon. So, of course, the big news uh, last week was that Kevin Durant is staying with the Brooklyn Nets. Met with ownership. Met. How awkward was this meeting with Sean Marks and Joe Sy? Uh, as well as Steve Nash for Kevin Durant after coming just a few weeks ago saying, I want these guys gone. If you want me to return, you need to fire these guys. And then he sits down for a meeting with them and ultimately decides he's staying. My thoughts is this is more, there wasn't any place for him to go. Then he's suddenly super happy to be a Brooklyn Met. Yeah, completely agreed. I think what happened here was, 
he exhausted all of his avenues towards get me out of here. Uh, I think he had gone into the even as deep into fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks and maybe I'll stay. And, and the Nets were like, nope, we're not doing that either. And the Nets stuck to their guns. They said, we are not making a trade unless we get the return we want. And I think this is Kevin Durant in his camp saying, hey, holding out, not going to do anybody any good. Um, the best thing for us to do here is to say, you know what, let's uh, keep moving forward. We're going to report to camp. We'll show up healthy. We'll play. And hopefully we'll rehab value a little bit. And you know what, if things aren't going well, we can always, you know, re-approach a trade request uh, later down the line. But for now, we, we got to get teams back to seeing this guy on the court and feeling good about it. And then maybe the offers will come. But for now, yeah, th this is what it is. And the Nets are, you know, they're moving this thing forward with, with the team that they, I think, kind of put the roster together envisioning. Which is a pretty good team when yeah. you, when you look at it. I mean, they they landed TJ Warren. You've got pieces here that are that are very solid. We had this team projected to be the team to come out of the Eastern Conference last year, and obviously they didn't. It was a massive train wreck, and you know the Lakers were were the the same thing on the other side of the the other conference. But still, this is a very good team at its at its core. You, I'm interested to see what Ben Simmons looks like with them. That's a, a whole other breakdown we can get into when we start talking about the Nets offseason. But I think there is still optimism that this team can be very good this year i do wonder though is that the last time we fire the kevin cannon like is this really done or is this just a pause no i think it's probably the last time i think we're well it depends i guess anything's a pause right <laughs> if we well, did do it long enough but sure no, but this, this season yeah i i don't think we're gonna see anything happen with a trade his salary is Generally, when you're on a salary that large, it's very hard to make a trade work in season unless you're taking back an equally as big salary, which, you know, yeah, that could happen, but seems unlikely. So I, I think I think Kevin Durant is the Brooklyn net uh, for the duration of the upcoming year, and then we'll probably readdress to some extent next summer. So big win, I think, for for Sean Marks in order to mm -hmm. navigate this and come out still having Kevin Durant. Now it appears Kyrie Irving will also stay. Now he's a free agent next summer. Mm -hmm. so we'll see what, what happens there. But for the time being, Kyrie and Katie staying in, in Brooklyn with the Nets. Um, and then that meant, finally, things started happening in the NBA again. <laughs> Not a lot, but, but a little bit. Um, you know what? Everything was basically put on hold after the Kevin Durant a trade demand. We saw that happen around the league where stuff just wasn't happening. And so what happened was everything kind of got pushed back. And some things that normally, some rumors and things that we would normally be hearing like second, third, maybe fourth week of July, suddenly we're getting at the end of August. But we did see the Lakers make a move after it was very clear that Kyrie Irving would not be uh, traded from the Brooklyn Nets. And they went and they traded for Patrick Beverly, giving up Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Now, I gave my thoughts over on uh, Lakers Nation on this yesterday. I put out some brief thoughts. It happened to be, Keith, when this happened, it happened to be a giant storm in Tahiti. It was <laughs> so I was so fortunate because I wasn't put in the situation where I was like trying to steal looks at my phone while we're sitting sure. out, of, out at the beach, you know? And it so, would have been at like a reasonable hour in the day for you, right? Right. Because it was. Yeah, because it was, I, I want to say it was almost one in the morning here when the news broke. Yeah, and I was, and so I was, you know, six hours behind that. So it was, it was perfectly fine. And we were stuck inside, nothing else to, to go do anyway. Oh, 
great, great timing for me from that perspective. But I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about about the trade, about the overall value, what it means for the the Jazz and for the Lakers? Yeah, I think it's an immediate rotation upgrade for the Lakers. Um, you you know, I'm not the biggest uh, Taylor Horton Tucker guy. I, I just never have been. I, I he can't shoot. And I think that's a huge problem with putting him in lineups because then you have to make sure he has the ball enough to make an impact. And you're not going to put him in lineups where he's going to be the primary ball handler and LeBron's going to be watching him run things. And AD's going to be, you know, kind of spotting up or only, you know, running pick and pop and those kind of things. So I just, I never really liked his fit there. He may pop in Utah because he's apparently the way things look like they're headed for the jazz, he should get all the reps he wants and look, you know, that he should on running an offense. And we'll really find out what he can be. Um, Stanley Johnson. It's, I don't want to say strictly a throw in, but from the jazz side, that's all that was, was to make, uh, salaries work. I know Stanley Johnson had played well for the Lakers. There was points where he was probably their best, uh, uh, let's say two, Wing three, defender. four defender right yeah. at, at times um, uh, for, for the team. So I think, um, you know, they'll have to figure something out there uh, to replace that. But Patrick Beverly comes in. And one of the things I've made the comment on this is I think generally the moniker three and D player gets attached to somebody who's like six foot six and a wing. Right. But he's a three and D player, even though he's he only is. about six foot one. Right. He's that that's that's what what he is. He's a three and D player who can guard basically anybody who is six foot seven and under as long as they're not overly physical. Um, I, I think he's perfectly fine with that. And and the Lakers, you know, he's easily now the best uh, guard wing defender on the team. Um depending on what version of Anthony Davis we're gonna get, it's probably the best defender on the team, period. Um, he can also shoot. He's been very adept throughout long, long stretches of his career playing off the ball uh, with dominant uh, you know, usage guys like James Harden, like um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, and now with, um, or even last year, I guess, in Minnesota, you had Anthony Edwards, Cat, and D'Angelo Russell had the ball a lot. And he's fine in that spot because he can make jump shots pretty consistently. He's actually become a pretty consistent shooter. He's not, not you're not bending your game plan. No. To, take his shots away but but you, you're conscious of him out there you have to defend him um so yeah i think this is a huge upgrade for the lakers considering they just didn't really give up all that much and they cleared up the books a little bit going into next summer if they're gonna you know, look to do some kind of quick reset around uh lebron and ad and those kind of things they, they cleared off another you know 11-ish million in salary which is is also equally big no i was you know, I, i'm a I, I'm a believer in Stanley Johnson. I liked what, what he did for the Lakers last year. Um, so I was a, a little bit disappointed to see him in the deal from, from that perspective. But I understand uh, Ron Gutterman and I, a few weeks ago, we did the exercise. We walked through. What does the Lakers rotation actually look like? It was very difficult to find any minutes for Taylor Horton Tucker. He was on okay. the outside looking in in every row because we just couldn't find a spot where it made any sense to put him on the floor. Um, so from that perspective and from what we've heard, uh, Jovan Buhal of The Athletic, said that according to his Lakers sourcing that Stanley Johnson was kind of in a similar boat, that they yep. just didn't see him as part of the rotation. So if you gave up two non-rotation guys for a guy who's very clearly a rotation guy, maybe a starter, depending on what happens with the rest of, of the roster, um, I think it's a move that you got to make, particularly after LeBron signed that extension with the Lakers, which is the other thing that we hadn't discussed yet. 
Uh, LeBron signs that extension with the Lakers, adds on, just like we've been saying, it would be a one-plus-one deal, can be a free agent again in 2024. But once he committed, you you had to then follow up with some win-now moves, yeah. which brings us to the next part of this. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook have a long history. <laughs> yeah. A long history in the NBA. Now, I, I don't know what their relationship is like now. Who knows? Maybe they're good, good friends now. I mean, Patrick Beverly said some positive stuff on Twitter the other day. So did LeBron. Do you think the the likelihood of the Lakers moving Russell Westbrook went up, down, didn't change when they traded for Patrick Beverly? Uh, I'll say it went up slightly um, because I, I all of the impediments to making a Russell Westbrook trade still exist, right? He makes a lot of money. There's, uh, at this point now, a couple of years of evidence that he's probably not worth, you know, what he makes. And, and if you do see him as that, then you've got to really build an entire roster and offense around his game. Um, and the Lakers, whether it sounds like now they're open to moving both of those first round picks, 27 and 29, if they get back rotation upgrades. So that's, you know, kind of the key qualifier there. Obviously they're not going to do it to just dump Westbrook, but I think there is now, I think as odd as it sounds, because they already made one trade with Utah. I think we could see a second trade with Utah. Uh, Mark Stein had some reporting over the weekend that uh, there's a lot of people who think we could see it be uh, Lakers, Jazz, and Knicks in a three-team trade that sees Mitchell land in New York. Uh, some of the role players with the bigger salaries, guys, you know, let's say 15 to 25 million players land in, in LA and kind of the young players in the draft picks land in Utah along with Russell Westbrook. And then you presume probably a buyout uh, after that, or the jazz would just, you know, sit him or whatever the case would be. So I, I, I think there is a chance that may have some legs. Um, we've been hearing a lot of reporting over the, let's call it the last week um, that, the Jazz kind of want to get this done uh, before um, camp starts. So right as it stands right now, we're less than a month out from that. So in the NBA, there's kind of an unofficial cutoff from of Labor Day for making moves because shortly thereafter is when everybody starts filtering back in for the kind of informal, unofficial workouts prior to training camp. So we'll, we'll see, right? We're, we're, we're getting down to it. It's everybody's pointing towards maybe something's going to happen here sooner rather than later uh, if that's the direction we're going with another trade uh, freeing up. And uh, I thought it was funny that Patrick Beverly – um, I don't know if you saw this because you you were you know obviously on your trip, but he tweeted like something like blame KD for I saw that. no trades, and then, and then instantly the next day he's like traded. So I just thought that was great. To to me that tells me that this was set up in advance, and Patrick Beverly knew about it. He had made some comments in the past about yeah. wanting to play with LeBron. And everything it makes you wonder how long ago this was kind of set into motion, mm -hmm. and if the trigger really just was the Lakers getting it confirmed that Kyrie Irving wasn't going to be traded. And then they went and pulled, pulled the trigger on it because they, in fact, after the whole KD thing broke, it was, we heard late on the 24th that Patrick Beverly was going to be traded to the Lakers, but the Lakers didn't execute it till the next day because of it being, uh, you know, Kobe day and, and all that kind of stuff. So they wanted to wait until the next day for it. But I think Patrick Beverly put that stuff out there, knowing that this was in the works and knowing that this was, ultimately coming they just had to wait for the lakers to be 100 sure that it wasn't going to be Kyrie Irving. yeah absolutely and i think for patrick beverly he's been around so long i think for him he knows how the game is played right exactly so it's it's hey it, yeah if you can get Kyrie irving 
Of course, you're going for Kyrie Irving over, but once it was KD's going back, they're not going to trade Kyrie. So let's move into, um, uh, you know, move on to the next thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't get the sense that the Lakers are necessarily done. Mm-hmm. But if we get much past next week, you know, a week from now when Labor Day is passed, I think maybe we at least start the season with the roster kind of as it is uh, for now. And and at that point, I think it's probably you know Russ starts and Beverly plays behind him and then maybe you eventually work because i know darvin ham uh, there was reporting that he's committed to finding a real role uh for russell westbrook on the team and i don't think that real role is you know waving towels on the sidelines so um yeah so let, let's see but I, I i get the sense they're not done i think the willingness to put both picks in a trade now for That's rotation all. upgrades it doesn't have to be Kyrie, right i think that uh you know frees up uh, for more movement coming yeah, exactly. That's that's what we're going to wait to see because essentially that's what the holdup has been. Every team that the Lakers have been dealing with have been saying, give us both first. The Lakers have said no, and we're just waiting to see who blinks or if there's some sort exactly. of compromise that they can they can come to. Yep. All right, let's move back to the Nets. Markeith Morris in discussions. Last, last, I, last I saw, I believe it was from Shams, it was uh, they're in, what, deep conversations or deep discussions, something like that to that effect. Uh, to have Markeith Morris join today. Typically, when it gets to that point, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, it's just a matter of you know do, when do they finally make it official. But what do you think about that potential addition to Brooklyn? Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I don't think it necessarily changes their outcome or their ceiling or anything like that. Uh, all that much, I think uh, adding Markeith Morris is fine. They added uh, Yuta Watanabe um, who had played for the Raptors and it flashed at times over the last couple of years with Toronto. It was pretty good two years ago uh, when they played the season out in Tampa and it was kind of the, the season from hell for them where they just, you know, had injuries and they weren't home. Um, but Morris is it's, I mean, you saw him two seasons ago, right? With the Lakers didn't look like he had a ton left. Uh, then didn't, I know he got hurt last year in Miami, but I, I it's, it's fine. I'm not gonna, you know, go one way or the other. That team just needs to add some veteran bodies to their, to their bench. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Would you, I, I, the one thing that's curious here, would you rather have Markeith Morris or Blake Griffin, who's still sitting out there? I think I'd rather have Blake at yeah. this point. One, he kind of already, you know what you're getting in him. But if you're looking at it and saying, hey, we know Blake's going to be 40 games and that's all we're going to get and then yeah. break down, then maybe you go for Morris and hope he's a little healthier. The, 
the reality is these are for a team that is as far over the tax line as them. You're just, you'll eat the contract and move on. If it's not working out and you'll go move on to the next guy. Cause it'll be, you know, there's, if, if there's anything left on the market, it's a, a veteran big men for the minimum right now. They're, they're, it's they're, right. There's plenty to choose from there if they need it. What I don't understand is they don't really have a backup center. It's about the only spot where they don't have, uh, you know, their, their true backup, maybe Dayron Sharp. They're going to run him a little bit more, the second-year player, um, and maybe that's the plan behind Nick Claxton, but but we'll see. that. That's kind of the one spot where this team uh, is not very deep because none of their guys who are fours are really going to play up at the five unless they do what kind of us and the entire basketball world has begged for is Ben Simmons at the five. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we'll see some of that. And if so, boy, that's going to be a nasty, nasty offense to try to defend. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be really interesting to see that, that happen. But if I'm the nets, I'm probably not, even if that's my plan, I probably want another guy who can man that, that center position because you don't know for sure. Ben Simmons at the five is going to be a consistent thing that works game in and game out. So but like you said, this is a very easy position to fill. If you need exactly. a backup center, there's lots of them out there. Maybe they also were just kind of waiting to see what would happen with uh, with the uh, with the Kevin Durant situation before they made any moves, which is almost certainly what's going on here. Maybe they see Markeith Morris as a backup five, and they think, you know what, we trust his ability to shoot the three a little more, something something like that. I don't know what their thought process is here, but if they decide we need a backup five, they can go get they can decide in five minutes from now, we need a backup five and they can have one in 10 minutes. You know, I mean, there's, exactly. there's plenty of guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with, 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 with minimal effort, there are, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, like you said, it's, you know, pretty flush with, with guys and go from there. Yep. All right. Let's talk, unfortunately, about a couple of injuries. Uh, Celtics had a little bit of a scare. Uh, Danilo Gallinari uh, injured playing international ball. Sounds like they dodged a bullet though. Knee injury, but, maybe not quite as serious as initially feared. Yeah, playing in a World Cup qualifier for Italy, he uh, uh, drove down the lane, looked like he was kind of a sort of Euro step move, um, and his left knee just buckled, no contact, uh, immediately saw him limp off. Your your instant thought is like, well, that's it. It's an ACL. He's done. He's right. done. Um, it didn't get any better when the uh, Italian national team coach after said, basically was like, yeah, I fear he's, you know, suffered a major uh, cruciate ligament injury. And that was uh, uh, extremely concerning, but good news is uh, after they determined there's no ligament damage, he's got some kind of meniscus tear. Now, some people saw, they, they said meniscus lesion. It's, it's the same thing. Lesion and tear are used interchangeably in this place. Um, We don't know kind of the, the final, version because meniscus injuries are all over the board. Robert Williams had one, was back in four weeks, visibly hampered at times in the playoffs, but was back playing. Uh, Other guys, Colin Sexton had one and was out for the entire year. Lonzo Ball had one, thought he'd be back in about four to six weeks. He never came back and he's still having problems and may not be ready to start the season. So it's all over the board. We won't know for a little bit, but it does look like we avoided you know, disaster. And there's some reports coming out of Italy that um, maybe Gallinari will be ready to go sometime in November, which would mean he misses training camp in the you know, first probably somewhere between two and four weeks of the season. Which, I mean, the Celtics have the depth to sure. weather that storm without. It's not obviously ideal, but compared to where this was when this injury initially happened, this is much, much better than yeah. what was what was feared. Yeah, absolutely. Because at that point, it was 
all right, you've got a bunch of open roster spots. Who's available? And if you start, right. like I wrote a piece for Celtics blog where I was like, I would probably consider Carmelo Anthony. He's kind of a decent replacement for what Gallo brings. Like neither one of them's for no one's signing either guy for the defense. No. Um, and Melo can still score. He can still shoot. He can still do some stuff off the dribble, still hurt a mismatch. Um, he's obviously at this point accepted a bench role. So, yep. um, so we'll see where, where that goes, but now it sounds like maybe hopefully knock on wood, this is going to be one where you can get by with, um, you know, just play Sam Hauser a little bit more to open the season. Um, and then off you go from there. All right. A similar injury for Gary Harris of the Orlando Magic. And we talked about him right before. Or no, it was on one of our, our shows during the, the vacation time here. We got into the Orlando Magic. We talked about how great of a contract this is for them or how tradable of a contract it is for the Magic. But now a knee injury to him as well. Hopefully this isn't something that um, hampers his season too much. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, it's we'll we'll, we'll see again. We don't know uh, where this one's going either, but it sounds like uh, this is maybe not season ending for yeah. him as well. So um, now the Magic have a lot of guards. Um, it's one position where they certainly have a lot of guys. Um, but Harris was kind of the veteran guy in that group, and he was going to play in the mix with Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, and last year's first rounder, uh, Jalen Suggs. And I think me and probably about seven other people outside of magic fans notice he was pretty good last year. He actually mm -hmm. shot the ball. Well, uh, he got back to being a pretty solid defender. So, you know, this one's just kind of a bummer where, you know, we're sitting in this point, but what you hope is he gets back with enough time to play and maybe play pretty well. And then maybe what we look at is, you know, maybe then the magic are looking at a trade or something at the right. trade deadline to move him. His deal, Mo Bamba's deal, Bull Bull's deal. They were all set up with that non-guaranteed second season to make these guys very easy to trade at the trade deadline. Right. Yep. They're going to be really interesting to keep an eye on as we get closer to that date. Obviously plenty of time between now and the trade deadline. As of right now, we'll see if Gary Harris though can get back on the floor because that's going to be pretty critical to his trade value. If Absolutely. they are going to be able to flip him at the deadline, uh, finishing up here, the Hornets still looking at, at point guards with some familiar faces. That After are lap, it says point guards. <laughs> it does. Hey, I'm still, I'm still, it, man. You're still in vacation that. mode. Don't I'm still in vacation mode. That's, that's the problem. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, there were no mistakes made that is true. whatsoever. That Everything is, true. is just fine. Yeah. You know what, though? These guys are kind of ping ponging around the league. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. Right? Oh, that was that was nice. And maybe Charlotte should be thinking about ping pong balls. Uh, <laughs> they're, 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 they're point guards here. But yeah, it's um I, I will say they are uh, in a position where it's um they don't have a ton behind LaMelo Ball and Terry Rogier right now. Um they they've moved on from kind of the other options that they've had uh, there over the last couple of years. So yeah, so it's kind of Let's see. They're looking at Isaiah Thomas, uh, finished out the year there, actually played pretty well uh, for them for what they asked him to do. And so he's in the mix. Uh, old friend Kemba Walker, uh, if and when he's waived by the Pistons. I want to come back to that one in a second because yeah. a lot of people have been asking about that one. Um, and then the second thing is the front door doorbell just rang, so the puppies are letting us know. <laughs> and, and then uh, and now the latest uh, player to be in the mix there is Alfred Payton. Um, they, they, they put him in the mix to uh, be somebody they would look at. I would think I would probably run back IT or maybe go Kemba over Alfred Payton. And I don't know that he necessarily fits 
great for what they're trying to do there, but clearly they're going to probably bring somebody in. Two things. Uh, one, Charlotte has done relatively nothing uh, this offseason. They drafted Mark Williams yeah. and uh, Bryce McGowans, and that's basically it. They re-signed Cody Martin to, to a nice contract for what it's worth with Cody Martin. But nothing else because the Miles Bridges situation, yeah. Montrezl Harrell getting in trouble right before uh, the start of the offseason, those two guys, that situation's kind of hung over them uh, a little bit here going into the summer. And now they're uh, obviously pretty well behind. Um, and it's kind of tough because this is a team that you – would think was looking to make make a move forward and then even on the sideline they didn't get the coach they wanted right steve clifford was clearly the second maybe even third choice um for the hornets to, to come back kemba i wanted to touch on this one because a lot of people have been saying what's detroit doing yeah why, why have they not waived him yet and the answer is simple is there's no rush right it's it's if they can find a trade to put his nine million dollar or so salary in why not? Right. That's, yeah. that's best for them. Um, they're going to waive him. Everybody knows this. Um, my guess is again, probably working right around that labor day ish deadline. Um, and I should be very clear. That's a deadline in quotations like this for the most watching. Um, it's not real, right? It, it's, it's, right. but that's generally what teams look to. And then that would allow him to catch on somewhere else. Maybe Charlotte, maybe elsewhere. I'm going to move on. But for now, I think it's one of those, if we can move it, not have to eat whatever amount of his salary we have to eat, you know, seven, eight, nine million. Um, great. We'll, we'll trade them and you know keep keep things plugging along here in Detroit, but but we'll we'll see. So that that's why it's not nothing going on. I don't think it's that they've decided. You know what? Let's build the whole roster around Kemba Walker um, or anything like that. I think it's just let's let's pause. We're gonna hold and we'll see where this goes. Now let me ask, ask something here because you know Montrez Harrell's still out there in free agency, and obviously he's got some situations that he's got to take care of. Four teams are really gonna look at him, but if the Hornets are really looking at point guards. Why are we not hearing Dennis Schroeder connected to them? Because, I mean, when I talk about – look, I like Isaiah Thomas. I like Kemba Walker. You know, I like Alfred Payton. These guys are fine. But Dennis Schroeder is a better player right now than any of those guys. Now, I'm not saying he's a star sure. or a starter or any of that kind of stuff, but I think he offers more. Why do you think we're not hearing Schroeder connected to the Hornets as of this moment? Yeah, it's a good question. Maybe I, – I wonder if it's – they know Thomas, Payton, Walker – there's no threat there towards they need to, they're, they're going to want a bigger role. Right. They're going to play more. They know, hey, I'm here for 15 minutes a night behind LaMelo. That's it. Right. Like that's, that's the role. It is what it is. Those three guys are probably at stages in their career where they're very accepting of a role like that. And maybe Schroeder, they're thinking like, nah, he's going to want to play a little bit more. Um, he's also not a great shooter, no, nor is Peyton. So I'm not trying to say clearly they're only looking at shooters, but you can get by with IT and Walker playing next to um, LaMelo if you needed to, just because they can, they can play off the ball and shoot a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that, that would be my guess is that's why they're, they're kind of running through and saying, yeah, just right now, this isn't really where we, where we want to go. I, I still think there is a, you know, if you sit down and start, you know, mapping out a plan, I think the Lakers, if they could do the Beverly trade, mm -hmm. which is obviously done, move Russ in a deal where you get some guys back, whether it be the Pacers deal and you get Turner and healed, or it's the, you know, you're getting guys like Bogdanovich and, yeah. um, 
and Fournier back, you know, for in a deal that involves the Knicks and the Jazz. Um, I think there is this potential he lands back in LA. Um, he seemed very happy there. Um, I bet, you know, clearly, obviously, he would have taken the money. Uh, you know, all, all things being considered. <laughs> if, he um, had now, a, if he had a DeLorean and could get yeah, up right, to 88, yeah, exactly. yeah he, he probably There's a Marvel timeline where he, he did take the money, right? And it's, uh, you know, it's played out that way. But yeah, it's, um, but yeah, that that's that would be my guess is maybe he's holding out a little bit too and saying like, okay, let's make sure. Because if you're Dennis Schroeder, it's all minimum deals. You know that now. There's not, you're not getting anything more than the minimum. So why not just kind of hang out a little bit and then pick your spot a little closer. And also the other thing we know too, is veteran guys, they're cool to roll in, you know, a week into, you know, the stuff. And it's like, yeah, I don't need to do all the early parts. It's not the NFL training camps by any means, but I don't need to do the early parts of camp, which involve, you know, mostly running and conditioning stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good to roll in, you know, a weekend if I need to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's, it'll be interesting to see ultimately what, what happens here with the, with the Hornets, who do they turn to for the point guard position? Uh, where does Dennis Schroeder actually land? <laughs> we'll see <laughs> as we, as we go through here, final things before, before we get out of here, Keith, I will say I was able to download some stuff uh, to watch on the planes, basically had to travel for like a day and a half in order to, in order to get back home. Um, she-Hulk, thoughts? I like it. It's it's it is probably in the lower end of the Marvel TV shows so yeah. far for me. Um, but I like it. I like that they're doing something a little different. I like they're they're having fun with it. They're letting it be kind of funny. You yeah, know, they're doing the whole deal where she addresses the camera, um, which I think is you know kind of funny too. Breaking the plane. Of, I don't so know. If it's, you... it's setting the stage for Deadpool, who breaks <laughs> the breaks the wall all the time. That's a good point for him to for him to yeah. just transition. It's a baby step yeah. towards that. Right? Yeah, no, that is a good point. I don't know if you saw one of their. I believe it was one of their writers asked. Um, you know, spoilers here. Skip, skip, skip. If you don't want to hear this, yeah. um, but you know, Bruce goes away at the end of episode two. We'll we'll leave it at that. Um, and they, I thought it was very funny. They asked the writer, you know, what was the point of that? And they said, well, the main point was we we don't want. It's not the show's not about him, right? The show's about her, and we want it to be about her. And then also added, plus we didn't have the money. He's very, very expensive to do the CGI for yeah. uh, that character. And this is a TV show. And we don't have that kind of budget. So off he went and I don't know that we're going to see him again in the, in the show. Maybe we'll hear him or something, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm kind of trying to take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll see this Marvel stuff too. I will say, don't judge it too early, right? Cause sometimes yeah. these things end up being up. more uh, later, but this yeah, Marvel it, it, it's a good it's example. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ultron is the, the I think the best example too. Like there's so many people killed uh Age of Ultron back in the day and yeah. it just wasn't good and all this stuff. And it set up so many things that have like come back around mm. a million times throughout the course of uh th- this run. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, the um, the She-Hulk CGI is still throwing me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that it's better than that first glimpse that we saw. Yes, but it, it's still throwing me a, a little bit every now and then. But again, it's the the TV show; it's not the movie. Mm-hmm. I do think that was smart because otherwise, the whole show you're sitting there wondering, okay, well, when's the Hulk going to show up? Yeah, there were a few little things like I don't like the this thing in the TV show. Like I thought one of my least favorite things from um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was it felt like they nerfed Winter Soldier, who's just this, yeah. this badass through, through you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right? He's just tearing through people. And then he's getting taken down by untrained people that have, you know, super soldier serum and all that. Yeah. I, just, I didn't like that. And so there were a few moments, like when She-Hulk is fighting the Hulk, they're kind of just play fighting or whatever. And like she runs over him with a car and it knocks him off his feet and all this stuff. I'm like, no, that's the Hulk. Like, yeah, like the car would have just bounce off of him. Like, come on, you know? So there were some, you know, but that's, that's minor, but overall I like it. It's not, it hasn't grabbed me the way some of the other shows have, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm in, I'm going to be watching the whole thing for sure. You watching house of the dragon. I I have not, I never really got into to game of Thrones huge, you know, I don't, I don't, don't tend to like the shows that are like constantly killing off characters and gruesome deaths and all that kind of stuff. Well, then you would not like Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. So that's so I never really got into got into that. So it's not like I know everybody's watching it right now, but it was just never something that I was like, oh, I have to see this. I'm more I'm more excited about uh, Cobra Kai coming back in like a week or so. Yeah, seeing that one I have not watched yet. I, I keep saying that's something I gotta I gotta get. I'll add it to the uh, never-ending long list of stuff. The other one I'm making time for, it's coming out uh, just in a few more days. The uh, Rings of Power. I'm excited for that. I'm a big, oh, big okay. uh, Lord, Lord, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yeah, yeah, excited awesome. for that one. Exciting stuff on television. Yeah. And pretty soon, pretty soon, we're going to have preseason basketball coming hey, back. We're only a couple Wait. days out from being able to say next month. That's right. So we're, we're, we're Wait, isn't there, isn't there a preseason? There is a preseason game at the end of September. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be this month in just a yeah. few days. Yeah. Preseason, no doubt. All right. Well, I think that wraps everything up. Thank you, everybody, for watching and or listening. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell. If you listen to the podcast version of this, make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.